demo. It is less than two weeks until our brand new event, the Wellness Base Camp, hits Adelaide. Oh, I can't wait, MP. Oh, Damo, we can't wait to have you in Adelaide. The Brisbane Base Camp was a sellout. The feedback from attendees was inspiring. Christine said, keep up the incredible work and energy. You make me feel so, so good. And Kira said, I loved all the speakers and the vibe in the room. So many aha moments. And Lauren said, no matter how many times I hear each of these people speak, I learn new things always and have action steps to take away. Can't wait to have you there, great man. The rock star of wellness is joining Kim Morrison, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Brett Hill and myself at the Wellness Base Camp Saturday, April 7th at the Arca Bar in Adelaide. Two for one tickets available with the code COUNTDOWN at www.thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or search for The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide on Facebook. That code again is COUNTDOWN with tickets available at thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or by typing The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide in Facebook. wellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives you're listening to a quirky journey the healthy family podcast with your hosts joe witten and fuad kasab welcome back to a quirky journey this is me again fuad kasab and i've got my awesome friend Joe Witten here with me again Hello. for the 101 <laughs> episode of A Quirky Journey. 101. Oof. Sounds pretty cool. It feels like we can reset now, like we can just, it's like a fresh start. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, that means we have to be even more awesome than usual. No. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, I mean, if for 100 episodes we weren't awesome, why kind of break that habit? <laughs> like, obviously it's working somehow. So we'll. <laughs> We'll keep that going. Yes. Joe, Joe Witten, you've been going through a lot of flooding in far north Queensland. Is everyone safe and yeah. Uh, dry? Yeah, all uh, safe and dry. We, we had a little bit of a crazy, or the kids had a crazy episode at work where a big tour bus got bogged on the property and they had to smash the back window and pull the old people out the back with blankets and all that kind of stuff and feed them cups of tea to settle their nerves. But other than that, we're fine. <laughs> How did they feed them a cup of tea? I'm still struggling with that. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, serve them cups of tea. Okay. <laughs> right. Look after Sorry. them. Oh, yes. Yes. So there's been lots of um, craziness with the floods up here. My, The next day the kids had to go back into work and um, <laughs> dig trenches to help get the flooding off the road because they work on a rainforest property. And um, my daughter was macheteing away, as she does, and got – um, stung by a stinging tree and if any of you have ever seen stinging trees or had the horrible experience of knowing what they feel like um, it's really shocking and it can kind of paralyze you and um, I had it once when I was a teenager it was just a little brush on my knee and uh, I couldn't walk and they had to help me back to the car and we went to the medical center and they waxed it and then for a year it see what it does is puts these little tiny tube-like hairs from the leaves into your skin and um, it kind of sends some kind of poison into it but then it also hurts for like a year whenever the wind blows on it or um, if it gets wet and so so my daughter was in a lot of pain and um, we were like oh so we I went to the pharmacist and got the wax stuff to wax it and then she had to take some painkillers because she felt so awful and it 
whole arms and everything were aching. And um, I thought, oh, what are we going to do? And I talked to Mary, our good friend Mary Kelly from Good Mood Food, and she's like, put the black balm on it. And I was like, oh, great idea. So we put the black her um, black balm on it, which is like a drawing cream for splinters and things. And yeah. honestly, the next day it was perfectly good. All she's got is a little bit of an itch there. So wow. um, I'm really telling everybody about this black farm. It's awesome stuff. <laughs> so go over to Mary Kelly's website, Good Mood Food, and have a look at her balm. <laughs> wow. Joe, that's, uh, that's sort of like a um, quite a, quite a painful experience. What I, I've heard some urban legend around this because this thing is perfectly shaped like uh, bush toilet paper. And I've heard <laughs> stories of an, a veteran or some, some kind yeah, of army soldier. guy who was doing some training up in farm of Queensland yes. who use it just for that purpose um, uh-huh. wittingly yes. and uh, the less the rest is le- the stuff of legend yeah um, i can't remember yes. if you survived don't it. do it yeah you can have a heart attack if it's that bad it's very mm. very painful yeah um, I've, I've had a visitor this week uh, my good friend susanna felt come, has come from germany she's a, a gestalt therapist and a an alexander technique uh, practitioner and she's um, she's been doing Alexander technique on the whole family which is uh, really cool I'd never really known much about Alexander technique until she started doing this stuff on us and um, it's uh, it's really subtle body work but you know I struggle with back pain and all that kind of stuff and it's been incredible for my posture like realizing how much tension i hold in my mm-hmm. body while i perform certain tasks and this is completely unnecessary tension yeah. and it's done through this really incredible subtle work around raising awareness through the way that we hold our body even when we're sitting when we're standing when we're moving and it's just been transformative i've been doing this um with her she came for a visit uh, a while ago and i've been doing the Alexander Technique at home and um, now she's come back again and she's helping us more with it and Lainey's violin playing has improved so much yeah, from the, from that and I'm, I'm feeling so much better. Uh, I'm having the need much less to sort of get clicked back into place. I used to have to see chiropractors all the time but that's sort of gone away and oh, it's just wow. been incredible. And um, yeah, so for those of you who... Um, really have uh, these types of problems with posture and back pain all, all that kind of stuff look for some reputable alexander technique mm-hmm. around you uh, who uh, who can help it's really good highly recommend her too yes, but, yes. Uh, yeah really good so mm-hmm. I've, I've, i'm feeling really uh, energetic in my body now and um, lasting much more throughout the day because there's something about like having pain that really kind of sucks your energy and mm-hmm. um it's yes. just been so much better to have more range of motion and that way I'm just more energetic throughout the day. Really cool. Um, Jojo, we've got a new product in the website, which is the biggest skill from Solid Techniques. Um, Do you want to talk about it? Because it's it's one of your new favorite toys. Yeah. Um, So I have been using the prototype of the skillet, so I haven't seasoned the new one yet, but it's the same skillet it's just the the biggest skillet is 35 centimeters across the base so it's gigantic um it's great for big families or for like when you've got friends over and you want to cook up a heap of 
steaks or whatever you've got going. Um, I think it would be great on the barbecue as well or the wok burner like you use for outside um, yeah. or even over a fire would be awesome. And I know um, it's a bit late to to buy it in time for the Easter camping trips, but <laughs> it's a really beautiful skillet and I'm looking forward to getting it seasoned this weekend. I've got to um, get it into the hooded barbecue and start the seasoning process, but it's a um, yeah, great for people who have who want to cook the larger amounts on a frying pan. It's got that flat base with the sort of um, straightish kind of sides so that it's got plenty of area there, which I love because I'm always cooking for six or more. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to using it. I've been, like I said, I've been using the prototype. It was 30, I think they did a 30-centimeter one as a prototype and I've been using that one and I love it. Um, so that is up on our shop, and um, you can find it. What's the code, Fufu? Oh uh, yeah, so uh, we have a ten percent discount code for all Solid Techniques products on our on our shop for the podcast listeners. So it's ten QCP, so one zero QCP. You also find that in the show notes. And um, just a quick word as to why we love these products. First of all, they have a multi generational warranty, so they'll you're not going to throw them in the bin like you would with coated pans that lose their coating um, they're naturally non-stick so as they season they become non-stick you can fry your eggs and scramble them on top without worrying about the eggs sticking mm. um, but even though they are non-stick they still caramelize the vegetables and the meat so like i cooked the perfect steak on it this morning on my um mm, 26 centimeter skillet which is my favorite one um and just cooks the perfect perfect steak just creates that beautiful maillard reaction that caramelizes mm. the proteins and comes out like crispy and brown and delicious and uh, it conducts heat like cast iron but it's like a third of the weight so really really lightweight yeah. compared to cast iron and so easy to, to season and it's made from one piece of metal so it's never going to break it's just never yeah. ever going to break so uh, if you want to support the show and you're looking for non-toxic cookware make sure that you jump onto quirkycooking.com.au slash solid get everything into your cart and apply the code 10QCP 10QCP and uh, Georgia we um again coming up to far north Queensland yeah uh, towards the end of May uh, end of May First of April? No, no. Um, it's first, the, second of May. Second of May. I'm going to be there, right? Um, you're going to be no. there for the first of May. First of May. Oh, oh, you're yes. going to get here on the thirtieth of April. Thirtieth of April, I arrive. Yes. And the first of May is my <laughs> birthday, so Joe's throwing me a really big party. Yeah, big party, um, which includes a seminar. <laughs> seminar. Yeah. So for Fuad's birthday, birthday cake for everybody. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, for Fuad's birthday, we're having a seminar in Atherton, so don't miss it if you live on the Atherton Tablelands. You've got to come to Fuad's birthday party seminar. <laughs> yeah. And Maybe we can find a local um, whole food cake maker. We can. I already know of one. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get Leave it to me, Fouad. Leave it to me. Big cake. And we're going to have our, our seminar and cooking demo in Atherton on, the, on that evening. And then we've got another one in Cairns the next evening. So that's May the 2nd. And then um, May the 4th, we've got... Be with you. Pardon? May the 4th, be with you. Oh, <laughs> yes. We've got a Star Wars-themed seminar on... No, we don't really. Um, in Townsville. Oh, is it Star Wars? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Phew, Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not yeah. the expert in all this. My kids are. 
Um, yeah, so Townsville is on the 4th and, um, yeah, so it's very exciting to finally get to do Finals Queensland because we get asked all the time, how come you never do anything in Finals Queensland? We're always busy doing the big cities, so we thought it was always, about time. Whenever someone asks her a question, she verbalises it in like <laughs> an accusatory tone. How come you never do anything? And the way people are asked, like, hey, how come you don't do anything in Finals Queensland? I love that. But she just always feels guilty when someone says to her, Aww. why can you do something for me? She's like, I haven't done something for you. The <laughs> okay, okay. I can't be very limited. So we're, trying to, we're, we're okay. trying to get around as much okay. as we can around family and work, you know, with all that kind of stuff that's <laughs> happening. Um, but we, we love doing these seminars. They're really, actually, my favorite part of the business. Yeah, me uh, too. Going, love yeah, it. Of being quirky cooking is going around Australia and, and talking to people about health Um those of you who are new to the podcast might not know that Joe and I have gone through some serious health issues throughout our life, um, personally mm-hmm. and with our families as well, and we've overcome them by eating a uh, an omnivorous whole food diet that is gluten-free and also focusing on gut healing. Uh, so we tour around the country spreading that message, and we also have our cookbook, Life Changing Food, which reaches has reached over 21,000 uh, copies in sales this month. So that's uh, mm. a huge number of families, yeah. especially around Australia. That's a best-selling cookbook and it teaches people how to take this healthy way of eating into your own home and um, just really basic, beautiful, nutritionally dense food. And this is really the foundation for us of a healthy lifestyle. So you can start addressing the food really, really easily, uh, more than most things. Like if people are working and they have shift work or they're having to commute two, three hours a day and being on a bus or a train and getting into the office and they can't change their job because they have financial commitments or they like what they do or whatever it is, they can still address the food. And by addressing the food, you're really addressing around 80% of the biological needs for your body. Um, definitely don't neglect the other stuff, but if you can get the food right, you'll mm. do really, really well. We had, and, a, um, we had a lovely comment on Instagram um, this morning I saw. Uh, it's, someone said, I love your book. I finally found a book with real recipes, real food, and something that makes real sense. Thank you so much. So there you go. How lovely is that? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that sort of puts it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, and if you're allergic to nuts, in a seed shell. <laughs> that's right, because we have seed recipes too. That's right. Nut-free There's variations. definitely variations on most of the stuff in the cookbook. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but but Joe, speaking of um, nutritional density, this is a topic that we get onto in today's podcast. We do. We have interviewed Sula Chamberlain uh, from Styrene's Broth and Larder uh, store in uh, Bronte, New South Wales. Mm -hmm. Um, Broth bar and larder, sorry. And uh, it's an incredible concept. It's a broth bar. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, It's the first time I've seen it. I think it's the first uh, broth bar. And uh, she does uh, nutritionally dense meals and broths and kombuchas and that kind of stuff. They make it in-house. Everything's made from scratch using the highest quality ingredients. I'm ashamed to say she uses higher quality ingredients in her her kitchen than I use at home. Sometimes I will (laughs) be rushing to get something from the supermarket because I just... All the organic shops are closed, um, but with her, she's just sourcing everything. She knows exactly where all her food comes from, and it stems from a really interesting story that she's had with her own health and uh, transitioning away from a uh, career in law into a career in 
providing health by making whole foods to her community. And it's just a such a sharp, intelligent woman with mm. uh, a lot of uh, interesting conversation around whole foods and their benefit. And what I really love about this podcast in particular is that it kind of gives you this really broad view of the importance of food. So that really articulates it very, very well. And she, um, she really contributed to this podcast by may, giving us something, a, a quirky journey that we can actually give as an introduction to a lot of people when they're just starting off on this journey where she's just given such a, a really uh, wide overview of what nutritionally dense omnivorous diet looks like. And it's a fantastic podcast. Yeah. So... Do you want to add anything to that, Joe? I just um, love how simply she explains everything and it just, um, uh, how am I trying to say it? Like it's very succinct but it just makes so much sense and I think we've had some amazing speakers on our podcast lately and I think Sula's is up there with, up there with the best she just really yeah. explains why it's so important to eat this way and how to do it. So, yeah, it's great. Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the show and we will see you next week. Bye. Sula Chamberlain, hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Sula. Sula, I've been... uh... I've been drooling over your Instagram uh, for the past couple of years since I met you. And uh, um, we really love what you're doing at Star in these organic whole foods. And it just looks like the kind of business that um, really should be the norm. But the success that you're having is because it's kind of the exception these days. And we'd really love to know who you are and how you got into creating uh, this uh, really beautiful and successful and ethical business. And uh, where the ideas and the motivation that you had around the, around that come from. So can you start off by introducing yourself and tell us uh, what you do and um, how you got there? Yes, for sure. So um, I'm the creator and director of a Whole Foods brand called Star Anise Organic Whole Foods and the founder of Sydney's first dedicated broth bar called Broth Bar and, and Larder in Bronte. Awesome. I'm also a real yeah. and traditional foods cooking instructor, a health coach, a wellness blogger, a lover of the sun and surf, and basically I'm on a serious mission to bring nutrient-dense traditional whole foods back to the modern table. Um, And how I got started in this is I turned to a nutrient-dense traditional whole foods diet and started embracing more natural lifestyle choices about 10 years ago after I met with a spectacular crash with rock bottom. After many years uh, growing up on a standard Western diet, followed by a vegetarian diet and years of working long, stressful hours as a corporate lawyer. So once upon a time I had more osteoskeletal issues than anybody I'd ever met. I had digestive issues. I stopped menstruating. I had cystic acne. I became legally blind. I lived with chronic neck, back and shoulder pain. Um, Our little boy who we were also raising as a vegetarian ended up in hospital with bronchial pneumonia at 11 months and round and round of antibiotics. And it was at that point that I thought, gosh, there's just got to be a better way. And through the work, through my naturopath, I stumbled across the works of Dr. Weston A. Price, um, who basically, for those who don't know who he is, he was a, a dentist or scientist in the 1920s who went and examined and lived with and studied numerous different, I think 14 different traditional societies um, all around the world to determine if they had spectacular health and what were they eating 
and he found a common theme that all the foods they were eating shared this characteristic of being an omnivorous diet rich in nutrient-dense, whole, unprocessed foods. And that was a very inconvenient conclusion for a very hardcore macro body vegetarian slash vegan and I resisted and resisted and resisted for another year Mm -hmm. until I then raised the white flag and thought, you know what, nothing changes if nothing changes. Why don't I give this a go? So um, I was disappointed when I went out into the marketplace 10 years ago and I couldn't find these ancestral foods. I couldn't, you know, no one was making and selling bone broth. No one was making and selling broth-based soups or so-called casseroles or organic chicken liver pate. There were no um, really crispy activated nuts on the market in Sydney 10 years ago. There was Mm. certainly... No kombucha or beef <laughs> kvass and there was, you know, not even any raw sauerkraut and all the raw treats still were loaded with agave syrup and refined sugar. Yeah. So out of desperation, what did I do? I just got back into my kitchen and I just started making this food from scratch myself in my kitchen with two little kids at my ankles and within a matter of months, if not weeks, my ailing family went from barely surviving to thriving. So all my osteoskeletal issues vanished. I had this, you know, glowing skin and complexion. My uh, period returned. I stopped breaking bones. My osteoarthritis is treating a completely different body. Um, my ex-husband or husband at the time went on to start competing in Ironman events and coming like, you know, within the top 5% of his age group. And our children never, you know, have been sick since and have seen the inside of a doctor's surgery. And I just thought, wow, this is really powerful. This is all through food. Food really is medicine. This is just through changing our diet. And I just really wanted to share my story with the world. And um, friends would say to me, well, can you just make a little bit extra for me and we'll buy it off you? And then friends of friends would say the same thing. And the circle just kept expanding and expanding and expanding until one day I was standing and I thought, oh, crap, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I now have to give up my very day job as a corporate lawyer in pursuit of organic whole foods. So that's how the um, products came into being. It's just through out of desperation, me wanting to consume them, not being able to find them and started crafting them from scratch. Um, in my house and you know back then 10 years ago really the only whole cookbook was Sally Fallon's Nourishing Traditions and I just kind of you know put my own twists and turns on it and really refined it and simplified it and then the cooking classes started because I wanted to empower women to make this food themselves in their kitchen you know Um, there's something just you know really kinesthetic about getting back into the kitchen and using our hands and making this food from scratch that nourishes our family. So that's why I've been running cooking classes pretty much every week for the past eight years, Um, you know, starting off from my home and then I moved them across to Broth Bar and Larder. And then the one-on-one health coaching session started because I could see that people still were really, you know, confused about all the misinformation out there and had this real thirst and hunger to take their health to the next level. But, you know, with so much confusion about, you know, saturated fats and high fat, low fat, you know, people didn't know what they should be eating. And so that's where I sit down with people over a two to three hour session, one on one, and we go through what I call the fundamentals of good nutrition. You know, what are we designed to eat? What are we not designed to eat? Where do we get it from most affordably? What do I have for breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks? Um, How do I healthy swap from processed foods to nutrient-dense whole foods without my family even knowing? What type of water filter to buy? 
And then, you know, the blogging started because that was a way of just, you know, sharing what I know. I really love real food and I just love sharing what I know. And then it got to a point where my 10 or 13 staff and I outgrew my little house. And so <laughs> two years ago, Broth Bar and Larder opened its doors in Bronte and everything is still handmade on the premises um, using certified organic ingredients um, locally and it's just a beautiful little hub where people can go and eat good old-fashioned food that their great-grandmother used to make. It's simply an extension of my kitchen. I love it. That's amazing. What Thank a beautiful you. business. Thank yeah, you. And, um, what, what I really love is uh, following you on Instagram and seeing all the delicious stuff that you're making. And um, I also look at, at the stuff that you're having. Like, for instance, you have these sticky uh, beef spare ribs that you put up on Instagram Yum. recently. Yeah. And, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, and you're selling it for $22.50 for a 500 gram serve with like beautiful salad. And um, all these things are certified organic, as you're saying. And one of the yeah. things that we... Um, are told quite often when people are trying to eat healthy is that, hey, this is uh, really expensive and I can't afford it. And it seems that your prices really aren't that much more expensive than Sydney Cafe prices at all. And they're not even using these ingredients. So I'm just wondering how you're managing to uh, create a success out of this financially and to be able to have a successful business and uh, still use all these amazing ingredients. Oh, that's such a great question. It and um, I think my consultant was standing with me right now because he's just trawled through my books over the past few months. He would be like laughing because he's <laughs> saying to me, Starting Organic Whole Foods is a great community service. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like that at the moment. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be a point where I'm going to have to start making some money. I'm paying my bills, I'm paying my staff, I'm paying supplies and that's awesome. And I really love it. It brings me so much, you know, nourishment for my soul and it's beautiful. So I've just gone through a process of, you know, trying to, um, you know, we've restructured the wholesale arm, we've looked at what's profitable, what's not, and, you know, maybe ask me in a year's time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so for the moment, you know, my head is above water just and I just kind of like really want to make it, you know, also affordable for people. And, you know, what I say to people is, you know, if you cut out all the processed food, just redirect that money into real nutrient-dense food. And when you start eating this way, you become so much more vibrantly healthy that you're not spending your money on supplements or, mm. you know, going to doctor surgery. So, you know, prevention is the best cure. You know, people say, gosh, organic food is expensive. And my response is, well, actually, that is the real cost of food. It's not subsidised. Mm. It's, you know. Um, and secondly, you know, you think real food is expensive. Have you seen the cost of cancer recently, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's either pay now or pay later. That's a good answer. We, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do get um, questions sometimes from people who own cafes and restaurants asking about how to do this because Fouad obviously did it himself and it's, it's pretty tough. But I'm so glad that there are people out there like you who are willing to, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to be different than all the other cafes and restaurants, surely, um, and have to pay so much more for your ingredients. Well, not so much more, but more than they are paying. But it's just yeah. such a beautiful result and the food is just so nourishing, like you're saying. Um, and so 
I know for myself, I wish that we had more of these around the place. We don't have much of that up here <laughs> where I live, far north Queensland. Yeah, I don't want to get asked all the time on social media, please open up a brothel yeah. and, you know, Melbourne <laughs> or Queensland All over Australia. Or <laughs> but for the moment, like, you know, I want to keep it quite small yeah. and artisan and boutique and really high quality and I don't want to ever compromise on the quality. And look, if it can, you know, turn a profit at one point, then I can obviously look into expanding if that feels true to me at that point in time. Um, I'm looking at, at the, the amazing transformation that you and your family had in such a short period of time and and look at um, the the work of Western A. Price, which both Joe and I are very familiar with. And, um, the Western A. Price Foundation is such an incredible foundation and such a great resource for people around eating whole foods. But um, the, the book, um, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, by Dr. Western A. Price is a bit of a hard read for a lot of people, even though it's quite an eye-opening uh, read. And uh, not everyone's going to commit to it. And um, the... The principles that you're bringing to people in your health coaching, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, how you took those things that you learned from the Western A. Price Foundation, and um, which is, you know, really expressed in the food that you're eating. But how did you break it down to your uh, clients and how do you educate them on uh, the importance of whole foods and how they should be eating for their own health? Can you talk a little bit about that for me? For sure. So I kind of, with... All my learnings over the past, you know, one or two decades, what I distilled it down to and being the lawyer that I am, like what I love to do is basically be able to summarise and sift through large amounts of information and break it down really, really simply for people. And what I discovered is this, that modern science shows us that the genes we inherit from our parents are only responsible for a very, very small fraction of our health. And our health is, in fact, largely dependent upon a number of different environmental or lifestyle factors. And the two broad categories of these environmental factors that influence our health are nourishment on the one hand and toxins on the other hand. So really, to enhance your health, the broad brush formula is pretty simple. It comes down to increasing nourishment in all areas of our life and reducing toxins in all areas of our life. So if I get my health coaching clients to really understand that, you know, is what I'm doing, eating, moving, you know, doing to my body, is it nourishing my body or is it, you know, detracting from my body because it creates a toxin inside my body or it is a toxin. And so nourishment certainly embraces nutrients, you know, micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. And what I explain to my clients is this, that all of the systems, functions and structure of the human body are built from and run on one thing and one thing only, and that is nutrients. So from our digestive system, endocrine system, immune system, nervous system, osteoskeletal system, reproductive system, brain function, skin health, the whole kit and caboodle built from and run on nutrients. So therefore, the more nutrient-rich foods you eat, the more those systems and structure and functions of the human body can really fire on all six cylinders, which is why I'm always banging on and on about nutrient-rich food. Mm. And then toxins, the flip side of the coin, are things that are really compromising to the human body. So there's dietary toxins, environmental toxins, as well as toxins that the body manufactures internally when it's under stress. And toxins make the body have to work so much harder to try and eliminate them. And toxins cause inflammation of the body, inflammation of the tissues. And we know that inflammation is the root cause of all modern disease. 
okay? So eating, therefore, a low-inflammatory diet that's nutrient-rich, for me, is just one of the, you know, the easiest ways of reclaiming and maintaining spectacular health with the most profound impact. And in my health coaching sessions, I further break down these two broad environmental lifestyle factors of nourishment and toxins into eight lifestyle factors, what I call the eight foundations of health. So our health is dependent upon what we eat, nutrition, what we drink, hydration, the quality of our sleep, quality of our movement, how and what we breathe, then what goes on in our head, our thoughts, so stress management, and then are we spending time in nature? Um, or are we divorced from it? And then fun, playing connection, connection with ourselves or with others. So each of these eight lifestyle choices can either be a source of nourishment or a source of toxicity in the body. And I work with clients to basically we just go through each of the eight foundations and I get them to reduce the mismatch. So the mismatch between our, our genes, our biology, and what they are actually eating and drinking and sleeping. And illness and disease simply happens where there is a mismatch. So it's educating people on the mismatch and just try and reduce it. And here's the kicker. Because we control to a large degree these environmental factors, it means that we control to a large degree the expression of our and our children's genes. And, you know, what an awesome and empowering responsibility that is, especially as a parent. Mm. It's awesome. Ah, yeah. Joe, jo, do you want to ask the next question? I keep asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we're very much um, on on the same um, track, aren't we? Just that's what we're trying to help people with as well. And it's so beautiful to have a one-on-one -on -one coach because so many people feel very overwhelmed. Have you seen any, have you got any um, great stories to tell us that you wouldn't mind sharing um, of the turnarounds that you've oh. seen in clients' health? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess the most touching is when people can then, you know, ovulate and make a baby. Yeah. And, you know, when I see proof of that and, you know, all these beautiful mums with their babies come into broth bar and say, you know, this baby's in existence because you helped me to get my period back. Um. And, you know, all this baby, you know, looks so vibrant with such a broad face thanks to the food I was yeah. eating. Are you telling me about it? Um, and just, you know, also athletes. So in 2012, I was the nutrition coach for the Sydney Roosters and my mandate was very clear. I was to get them from the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder and they gave me a year to do it, which I did by changing their diet. Right. And people can read yeah. all about that on my blog post, which I called The Rise of the Roosters. <laughs> so for any kind of cool men out there like, oh, yeah, diet doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Um, in that blog post, I interviewed the former captain, Anthony Minicello, and I just said, you know, what What did you guys eat? How did you get from the bottom to the top? Um, and just even little things like, you know, things like, um, you know, clearing up skin and gas and bloating and creaky joints and aches. So these things might be considered normal in today's society, but they're not natural. So what I call mm. these are the canaries in the coal mine. They're like the symptoms of the mismatch. And so, you know, I say to my clients, okay, where, why is this, you know, why are, is this happening? Where is this mismatch? Let's work together to go through all of these eight foundations to reduce the mismatch. And then the canaries in the coal mine, they just disappear. Like I don't really have to talk to clients about, 
losing weight, removing their PMT, um, you know, clearing their skin. These things just automatically happen when the mismatch is reduced and our body is operating in homeostasis. So at the end of the day, the greatest yearning of the human body is homeostasis. The body wants to, you know, we'll move molecules to try to get back into balance and given half the chance, you know, the body wants to do that and all we have to do is just get out of its way and facilitate Mm. it. Yeah, definitely. We had a beautiful interview um, last week with Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride, which was very exciting. And, oh, I love her. Oh, she's so beautiful. And one of the things that I loved so much about her, love so much about her, is her focus on um, the foods that she was raised with and the foods that her grandmother used to heal her when she was a small child and very sick and um, and how those foods are, you know, what we should still be eating. And I love that um, that's what you've got in your business is these traditional foods. So is this how you were raised with these kind of foods and you went away from it and got sicker or did you, um, were you raised with the traditional foods of your culture? Not really. Like my parents came to Australia in the 1950s and kind of were allured by, you know, the, you know, the the processed foods Mm. because it was a sign of health in a way like you know white refined sugar yes. white refined flour yeah. margarine instead of butter so I was raised you know on your typical western conventional diet like mm-hmm. I you know we had wonder mm-hmm. white bread margarine I had a glass of coke with every meal oh wow you know on I know, you know, so no wonder I brought and had cavities and, you know, I, we had so uh, full access to confectionery. Look, my parents did the best job yeah. they could, but they just didn't know any better. Mm. Having said all that, we also did have, you know, some traditional foods like, you know, we had all, we had um, livers occasionally. Yeah. We, my mum and dad grew a lot of their own vegetables and I remember lots of fresh herbs were used. Um, you know, we, we had meat, whether or not it was pastured, probably not. So I had a kind of, you know, a bit of a both. Mixture. Yeah. Um, a mixture. And then, you know, I think being a macrobiotic vegetarian slash vegan, particularly with my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. that just really, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought I was being healthy. I didn't yeah. appreciate that, you know, as homo sapiens, we're designed to, eat, you know, to, to be omnivores. Mm-hmm. Um, and my body mm-hmm. just became so demineralized. Um, so that's when I, you know, crash and burnout occurred and I just went looking for answers. And, you know, I do see a lot of people who are vegetarian and, you know, I do spend a lot of time having to say, you know, I was there in your position. I was really hardcore. But at the end of the day, we're all part of this thing called the circle of life. And, you know, soil and fertilizer is made up of dead animals. You know, that's what blood and bone is. And we just, you know, we have to come to our food and at the table with a sense of humility and respect for what has gone on. Mm-hmm. And, um and, you know, to appreciate that, you know, to pay gratitude to everything and everyone involved in getting the food to us from soil and sea to play. Um, and at the end of the day, we can't be the best possible versions of ourselves. We can't be the best possible mother or daughter or sister or partner or employer or employee unless we are nourishing our body, okay? And that, yeah. you know, involves eating nutrient-dense you know, whole unprocessed foods. And obviously it is bio-individual. I take the, the basic, you know, um, 
traditional whole foods template or ancestral mm. diet, paleo diet, real whole foods diet, whatever you want to call it, diet. And then, you know, we tweak it to suit individual, um, you know, everybody's, everybody is different. So to suit each person's unique digestive issues or if they've got, you know, particular gene issues or gut dysfunction. And hopefully we can then, you know, heal the gut, resolve those issues and they can go back to even the full plethora of mm. traditional whole foods by happy days. Yeah, awesome. I'm interested with um, your background as a microbiotic vegan. Um, how you got interested in that kind of diet? What attracted you to it? How long you spent there? And then obviously you said that you had to switch because you needed to make a change. But how would you, if you had any ethical issues around eating meat, how did you come to resolve them? And um, you touched upon what you say to your clients, but I'm just interested in what happened in your internal process around this. Yeah, okay, so I turned to a vegetarian diet because um, my at the time I was exploring a lot of um, Tibetan Buddhism, okay, which is a really beautiful philosophy. So I spent a lot of time in my 20s um, going on Buddhist meditation retreats in Nepal and my um, husband at the time wanted to really explore that and he decided I want to be a vegetarian. And I thought, okay, well, it's just easier if we're both the same thing. And you know, I thought that was the healthy option because the government very much steers us towards a high-grain, low-fat diet. Mm. And a vegetarian, mm. macrobiotic vegetarian diet fits that perfectly. So I actually thought, well, I was being healthy doing that. And I didn't really appreciate up until later that, you know, my health was actually unravelling and unravelling at every turn because I was just becoming more and more demineralised. Even though I wasn't eating any processed foods whatsoever, the foods I was eating just wasn't nutrient-dense. Mm. Um, so mm. then, you know, as I said, I did resist this notion of turning to an omnivorous um, nutrient-dense diet for a full year after my naturopath, you know, said to me, this is what we're designed to eat. And it wasn't until I think the turning point was when I went and saw Sally Fallon when she came to Australia in 2007 and spent a full day lecture at the University of New South Wales with her. And I just really loved how she just so beautifully tied together ancestral wisdom with mm. modern science. Mm. And when those two come together so beautifully, that really turns me on. I think my first portal fall after that was straight to a butcher shop. So what I kind of wrap, um, have come to terms with is not all meat is created equal. The source and provenance of it is of absolute importance. And I was saying this to a lady just yesterday in my health coaching session. She's like, but the way meat is raised, is, you know, livestock is raised is appalling. And some of them, yes, is appalling. And when it comes to animals, I am not at all advocating the industrial feedlot model. What I'm advocating is that we get our animals from you know, wild or pastured sources free of hormones, antibiotics and industrial feed. And, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, with farmers doing my due diligence to the nth degree to make sure that the source and provenance, you know, the provenance of where I'm getting things from, you know, these farmers are raising their animals in the way that nature intended. So, you know, all the red meat, the ruminant animals, they're grass-fed and finished. Now, the animals are treated humanely. Chickens and pigs are raised on pasture, in sunshine, eating what they're biologically designed to eat. Fish is wild and never farmed. Okay, um, you know, chickens are foraging on, you know, worms and seed pods and veggie scraps and what they're, you know, biologically designed to eat. And also reading a book um, 
Leanne, Keith, uh, the um, uh, vegetarian myth. Yeah. I think that's really profound and she articulates that so beautifully. So that's a great resource for anyone who's still struggling with that. The Dalai Lama eats meat as far, you know, when I, I last um, researched that because he became sick without it. So it's eating mindfully, consciously, making sure the animals are fed what, you know, they're biologically designed to eat. You know, I go and visit the farms, I ask them questions. And, you know, that way my children get a, a strong sense of connection with the food that they're eating. Like, let's be curious. You know, let's have this greater sense of connection with our food and with the seasons and where it comes from. So important. <clears throat> Beautiful. Yeah, I love the way you articulate things, Sula. Can you explain a, a basic concept, but it might be a bit unclear to our listeners? You mentioned uh, nutrient density quite often, and uh, maybe you can dig into, bit, in, into that a little bit and tell us what nutrient-dense food is and what um, food that is not nutrient-dense is. Um, yeah, great question. So nutrient density, I'm talking there about um, micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals, okay? So basically some nutrient-dense foods are things like, well, number one is organ meats. And before people turn up their nose about eating livers and heart and brain and kidney and intestines of animals, <laughs> know that livers, you know, all this food, organ meats, are the most nutrient-dense food on the planet bar none. You know, when people talk to me about superfoods, I'm like, okay, great, let's talk livers, you know. <laughs> Love um, it. All, you know, all these other, you know, superfoods that are out there. It's like that's, you know, so, so high in iron, vitamin A, vitamin A, D and K2 are like, you know, so important for wide facial formation of children. A narrow face is a lack of vitamin A, D and K2 in utero and in the formative years. And, you know, a broad face isn't just, you know, cosmetic. It's important for wide dental arch and, you know, being able to breathe properly. Um, so that's why I'm so passionate about you know, running organ meat workshops, which I'm um, going to be running. In, you know, I've run them in the past and I'll be running them my, my next workshop that I'll be running this year just so people can, like, learn how to cook, you know, arm them with the tools on how to cook it and how to make it palatable, where to get it from, take that ick factor out, which is purely cultural. Yeah. Okay? Other nutrient-dense things like, you know, your muscle meat on it we don't need to eat huge amounts i'm just talking about one palm size and palm thickness protein per, per day um bone broths okay bone broths might not be micronutrient rich but they do contain collagen gelatin and glycine which are really important like so collagen is really important for building main, and maintaining your osteoskeletal system it's really important for hair skin and nails um, you know, gelatin is all about gut healing and sealing and, you know, healthy bowel movements. And glycine is important to balance out our muscle meat intake. You know, we should be eating glycine-rich foods. Um, and it provides, you know, feelings of mental calmness and stability and, emo and sound sleep. And then you've got, you know, wild seafood because there's stuff in wild seafood like iodine that isn't found as plentiful um, in land animals. And then you've got, you know, your pastured eggs. And a pastured egg yolk is what I call, you know, a multivitamin. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, full fat, unprocessed dairy if it's tolerated. And I know there's a lot of controversy with dairy, but my issue is if it's well sourced, it's unprocessed, you know, you can digest it and you like it, why not eat it, you know? Yeah. 
Then you've got, you know, chemical-free, fresh, seasonal vegetables, small amounts of um, seasonal fruit, lacto-fermented foods that are really high in probiotics, good bacteria that have a profound impact on our immunity, our digestion, brain health, skin health, metabolism, bone health. And, you know, they're saying now that the seat of our health lies in our gut. So I work with clients to get their gut sorted so that, you know, the rest of their body can be sorted. And then um, small amounts of activated nuts and seeds. This is nuts and seeds that have been properly prepared through soaking and dehydrating to remove phytates and other anti-nutrients that are naturally found in raw nuts and seeds that cause digestive havoc. So traditional societies of the world over found that if they soaked their nuts and seeds in rainwater then sun-dried them, these anti-nutrients would be reduced, thus activating or liberating the nutrients found inside them, making them, you know, bioavailable. Um, and then you've got things like, you know, unrefined salt, which is, you know, packed with minerals, you know, unrefined herbs and spices, things like raw cacao powder. Um, these things, you know, are not a hardship to eat. You know, when I say to people, okay, you can have your bacon and your eggs, they're like, what, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, cook them in lots of butter and, you know, it's a hardship. this is delicious food because nutrients are precisely what gives food its flavour. So the more nutrient-rich foods you eat, the more flavoursome it is and that we don't have to add, you know, don't have to add any additives or flavour enhancers because it already is delicious. This is why processed foods are loaded with those things because they're, it's basically a dead food. It's devoid of nutrients. So to make it palatable, they have to pump it full of flavours, colours and preservatives. Um so, yeah, that's basically a, a potted summary of, you know, my favourite nutrient-dense whole foods. Beautiful. Do you, can I ask you a practical cooking question? I, sure. What do you recommend people make with beef liver? Oh, look, you can um, sneak livers into any food, any recipe that calls for minced meat. That's true. Okay? So that's true. Start, I call them sneaky meals. So yes. at Rock Bar, we often do sneaky bunless burgers, sneaky bolognese, sneaky shepherd's pie. You know, if you start off with, say, a small amount, 20% mm. of beef liver mm. or even, you know, calf liver um, or lamb's fry, lamb's liver, and put it in with your mincemeat, no one will even know it's there. Yeah. Okay? And then you can work on increasing it. So that's a really good way. You, can, you know, and if it's really unpalatable, like as Chris Cresser says, you could cut it up into little pill-sized portions, raw, freeze it, and then just take a liver pill. So, you know, there's really no excuse. And I've got other little sneaky ways of like, you know, shaving really small amounts of raw frozen liver, throwing it into my morning smoothie. If the amount Ooh. is small enough, you yeah, won't taste you it. you won't notice it, yeah. Anthony Minicello, you know, former captain of the Sydney Roosters, gave me that tip. Um, you know, but you'll work up to a chicken liver is obviously the most palatable. Yeah, and that one's easy. And then the beef liver. But, you know, I tell you, you know, I had one client who was, you know, pregnant um, on the verge of getting a blood transfusion because her iron level was so low yeah. and she just yeah. smashed the beef liver every single day. And, you know, went back and after, you know, a few weeks, the doctor was astounded and said, we don't even, it's a 13-fold increase, we don't see these results even on the most potent of iron supplements. So whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my as most families find their kids, if they haven't been raised on it from young, they'll kind of buck and, no, I don't want liver. And so 
Uh, for yeah. a while there, I got away with it by calling it uh, meat dip when I made pate. <laughs> okay. yeah. Or putting, yeah. but yeah, otherwise I pretty much have to mince it up into mince. But I, yeah, it's always good to get some more ideas. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I really love the way that you rattled off that list of nutritionally dense foods. Yeah. And I think the only way, like that's a trick question. You can ask a vegan that and they probably don't, don't have the mental capacity to rattle it off in that kind of way. They don't even know. So She's been feeding so her awesome brain to, so well. See? Hear, that's right. <laughs> eating all, all the organ meats and the, the egg yolks and it's all happening. And you can see that so clearly. And also uh, when I met you in person, I remember like it was really striking to see how healthy you look. Like you, you really glow with health and um, it's just so wonderful to know that you've created this uh, broth bar and larder and I'm wondering um, I've got a few questions for you but I'll start off with with one of them as to for instance today what do you what do you guys have on the menu what are you what are you serving today it's the sneaky bunless burgers Um, we've got caramelized onion and grated carrots and gruyere raw milk cheese which is the famous with melting cheese and I've got my dad recipe for um, pickled beetroot so I really love injecting some of my own you know family recipes in there um, and and lettuce and you know you, you and then a homemade tomato sauce so Beautiful. you know once Beautiful. again out of desperation I had to make my own homemade tomato <laughs> sauce years ago because you know there was no crap free tomato sauce on the market so I basically set the menu um, every quarter so three months in advance um, so every day is something different and some dishes are just a lot more popular. So we tend to have them more frequently like the sneaky shepherd's pie or the fish curry. Um, but, you know, the casseroles and the slow cooked meals are very much our staple. Well, what's your view on gluten and do you serve that at um, the broth bar? Yeah, that's a really great question. So with gluten, what I say to my client is I explain to them that we are not biologically designed to eat grains and legumes. They only came into play with the advent of agriculture, which was 10,000 years ago, and that might seem like a big number, 10,000, but in the context of human evolution of 2.6 million years ago when our genes were set, 10,000 years ago is a tiny blip on that time scale. Um, And they do literally contain toxins in the outer husk, so gluten, damages can damage the lining of the gut making it leaky and then you're just one step away from autoimmunity um those the gluten can bind and trap the minerals in the grains and legumes they inhibit enzymes we need to digest our food so gas and bloating are you know can be the result of that they're not really nutrient dense not sort of in the same way that your pasture animal products are and they readily get converted to sugar in the body so the bottom line is they, you know, grains do more harm than good, especially the gluten grains. But are there any safe um, safe grains? So what I say is my view is if you don't have digestive or blood sugar issues, the occasional consumption, so, you know, once a week, say, for example, or, you know, whatever floats you by once a week, once a fortnight. So if you don't have digestive or blood sugar issues, the occasional consumption of properly prepared so that soaked, sprouted or fermented gluten-free grains like white rice, buckwheat, amaranth, millet, quinoa and legume is fine provided it doesn't displace nutrient-rich foods in the diet. So every now and again, you know, we'll have soaked white rice porridge for breakfast 
and I'll you know put the recipe for that on my website. And I boost nutrient density by adding you know cooking it in um, lots of you know full fat milk and adding in lots of butter and cream and egg yolks and um, egg yolks and topping it with um, some fresh fruit and some activated nuts. And then I also oh, go on to say to my clients, if you don't have digestive or blood sugar issue. And you don't have the celiac gene, which you can test for. The occasional consumption of properly prepared gluten grains, i.e., or e.g., sourdough bread, is fine, provided you don't outwardly react to gluten and it doesn't displace nutrient dense foods in the diet. And you really slather on the butter and other nutrient dense toppings like anchovies and sardines and pate and avocado. Now, I know this view is controversial, and this is where you know, my strict paleo mates and I part company because they'll say, no, no gluten ever. You just don't know when it's going to release too much of that molecule called zonulin that, bang, will cause a leaky gut. And I appreciate that that is a risk. But just like getting into a car or getting into a plane, I know there's a risk that I could, you know, there could be an accident. But I'm willing to live with that risk because I personally don't have digestive or blood sugar issues. I don't have the celiac gene. I don't outwardly react to gluten like sourdough bread and I only have it occasionally. It's not an everyday food and I really slather on the butter and nutrient-dense toppings. Um, you know, and it comes a lot of it comes down to how do you feel when you have it? Do you have the celiac gene? Um, is it properly prepared? So there's a world of difference between, you know, white refined bread and your, you know, artisan bread that's been made with organic flour and that's been properly prepared through soaking, sprouting or fermenting. So that's why we do sell the Iggy sourdough bread because I think it's, you know, the one of the best in, you know, in terms of if you're going to eat it, eat the best quality you can find. So that's my view on it. Mm. Mm. Um, looking at the photos of the workshops that you do, uh, I see something that's very, very familiar to me uh, that we see in our seminars, and it's uh, pretty much a, uh, a an overwhelming majority, if not 100% of the attendees are female. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that's um, just uh, representative of the audience and the clientele that come to your broth bar, or is it? Um, do you have a good mix of men and women who come and... Um, what do you do to get uh, men more interested in this way of eating? Yeah, certainly um, the people who follow me and the people who are my customers and clientele are mostly women. Now, whether or not that's because I am female, you know, in my 40s and so therefore I'm going to attract, uh, therefore, women mostly in their 40s or mums, you know, with kids because, you know, um, you know that's who I am. Um, or whether it's because traditionally females take on more of that domestic cooking role, um, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's certainly true. We do have, you know, having said that, we do have men coming in and, you know, some of the staff, when they start working there, you know, take, pull me aside and say, Sula, I had no idea there's so many hot men that walk in, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> um, you. Well, you could and, be attracting that um, too. Whether or not, you know, I think people nowadays are, especially in Sydney's eastern suburbs, you know, we are, you know, becoming more and more educated on what makes us tick and thrive. Mm. So people, I think, generally are becoming more interested in their health. 
um, you know, both males and females. So, you know, we do get we do get a lot of athletes coming in. Um, we certainly do get men coming in. Um, but, yeah, it is mostly females. And, you know, I don't try to market to one way or the other. I'm just I am who I am. I share what I know and whoever, you know, mm. You know, whoever is attracted to that, great. You know, sometimes I've got kids coming to my cooking classes, sometimes adult boys, and that's really lovely. Yeah, that's good. Um, you, you spoke about the two principles, uh, principal drivers of health, and yeah. then you mentioned the eight foundations of health. Can you uh, list those for us and focus on the top two that you'd like to talk about the most? Uh, in terms of the eight foundations of health, well, for me, it's, you know, the first two, nutrition and hydration. That's kind of my gig, my thing. That's not to say that, you know, the others aren't important. So, you know, the others being sleep and, you know, breath and stress management and spending time in nature and having a strong sense of connection with yourself and movement. They are all important. But the reason I focus on the diet, nutrition, hydration, is this. I think that if you nail the diet, you're like 90% there. You know, yeah. if you've got yeah. those micronutrients and, the you know, the uh, amino acids and the saturated fats that fuel your body, you then have the energy and the bandwidth to then take mm -hmm. on board mm -hmm. these other six foundations of health. Like, you know, saying to someone, you know, you've got to, you know, get out into nature and you've got to start exercising and they're just like in this, you know, so brain fog because they're so demineralized. That's a hard call. So getting them to really focus on their diet is for me, I call it the low-hanging fruit because you've got to eat three times a day, right? So you, 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 you've got to, you always have a choice as to what you're eating and what food you're buying. You're doing it anyway. So are you choosing nutrient-rich, unprocessed whole foods or are you choosing processed foods? Okay, you've got that choice. So for me, the diet's the low-hanging fruit because it's the easiest and fastest way of reclaiming and maintaining spectacular health. You know, once you start eating and nourishing your body with what we're designed to eat and you cut out all the processed foods, you know, the feedback your body gives you is almost immediate. You know, you start feeling better within a matter of days, okay, and then, you know, weeks and certainly months later, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I just feel like a completely different person. So that's why I really focus on, you know, nutrition and hydration. Well, what are your tips for hydration? Okay, so really the only things we should be drinking is pure water, Um Fermented foods and drink, fermented drinks like, you know, beef kvass and kombucha water kefir um, and bone broth. That's, you know, essentially, you know, and, and raw unprocessed, dairy, you know, liquid milk if you can tolerate it. Um, things like, you know, juices and energy drinks, um, you know, I'm not really a fan of. Um, they're kind of empty fillers. I'm a fan of whole foods, so that's why I don't like to have fruit juice because it's just really too high fructose and mother nature just really got it right with a piece of fruit because everything is in there in the most perfect balance you know if people want to have a small amount of you know wine or clean spirits every now and again and you know that can be a source of you know like very medicinal and can be a source of nourishment obviously it's um is a quantity issue there because like for me having 
half or one glass can be like a medicine every now and again, but having more than that quickly turns into a poison or a toxin. Um, and in terms of water, like I think that, you know, that's the bulk of what we should be drinking. And the two fundamental criteria here are number one, pure water. So there's things in tap water like fluoride, chlorine and heavy metals that are really undesirable and have a toxic effect on the body. So I say to people, you know, unless you're going to go and find, you know, a spring or glacial runoff, um, you really need to get yourself a water filter or, you know, if, if you have a rain tank, that's awesome. So then I put people in touch with a company that can install a reverse osmosis water filtration system, which is the highest level of water filtration in Australia, and takes everything out and reconstructs H2O. Now, to that pure water, I always advise people, once again, unless there's some genetic issue, um, to add in a pinch of salt to that water, to add back minerals lost through filtration, and to keep the electrolyte balance of the blood constant, okay? Um, so unrefined salt, like... Um, you know, Himalayan crystal salt or sea salt, certainly not your Saxa table salt, which is stripped of all minerals and highly refined and toxic. How much would you say to put in, like a, a pinch in how much, one um, cup? My formula is about a quarter, um, I'd say about an eighth of a teaspoon per litre. Okay, good. Now you can increase that to a quarter of a teaspoon per litre if you're an athlete or you're sweating profusely, or you get muscle cramps at night. That's often caused by a lack of magnesium, particularly mm. in summer when we're sweating a lot. So for me, I have to put in at least a quarter of a teaspoon of unrefined salt per litre. So what I say to my clients is grab a whole heap, buy a whole heap of stainless steel water bottles, and we've got about, you know, half a dozen, a dozen of them. I fill them all up at night with filtered water, add your salt in, and then in the morning they're just ready to go. I give a bottle each to the kids and I just carry them around with me all day. You know, wherever I am, if I'm driving, if I'm at my desk, if I'm at the shops, I'm just carrying around a water bottle and I'm just drinking constantly in between meals. And we don't want to drink really with meals because drinking water with meals tends to, you know, can dilute the hydrochloric acid content of your stomach and, you know, dilute all the nutrients. So we want to drink water in between meals. And that also fends off hunger and you're not snacking. Mm. And then, you know, we were designed mm. to be hunter-gatherers, not grazers. So we're designed to have punctuated meals, two to three, you know, good square meals a day with big intervals in between to give our digestive system a break and to actually learn to feel hungry again mm. yeah that's good advice um so if we could just ask you how people can find out about where you are and what you do and what what um where can they find you where are you online yeah so my website is staranisorganic.com and then um, they can also follow me. Uh, so on the website, there's information about health coaching and about broth bar and larder um, and about my cooking classes. Um, and we've got an online store. So there's a lot of information online. And then um, in social media, my social media handles are Star Anise Organic. Um, so Instagram, Facebook and Twitter um, I'm small enough to make myself available to anyone, which is why I still have my mobile phone number on my website. I really <laughs> wow. love getting calls from clients and customers, you know. Um, most of the time people, you know, make inquiries straight to Broth Bar, especially if it's about, you know, a product we sell there and that's 
Uh, Rothbard's located at 49 Belgrave Street, Bronte. Um, but if people want to call me directly, I make myself available to people. Um, they can email me at info at staranisorganic.com. Um, yeah. And you said the, the, the shop online, does it have the, does it have foods? Yes, it does. I just had a look. Oh, wow. Looks good. <laughs> yeah, that's all our Staranis Organic Whole Food products. So at the moment, they are cold or refrigerated products. They're mm-hmm. only available to Sydney and Wollongong residents. So same day courier. Outside of that, those geographical regions, it's dry goods only. So like mm-hmm. our activated nuts and activated muesli. Um, and I'm rolling out more and more online workshops to teach people how to cook in the comfort of their own home because I had a lot of demand from people who couldn't make it to my cooking classes over the past eight years in Sydney. Um, can you please make them online? So there's a slow cook workshop, um, an online bone broth workshop, um, the online gluten-free baked cakes workshop. Um, all my workshops will eventually be rolled out online so you can just download it, save it on your and just rock, you know, have a look at it and the comfort of your own home and you get a video and a comprehensive workshop booklet as if you had attended an in-person workshop here in Sydney. Oh, that's great. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sula, for uh, being on the show with us. It's been uh, really a great podcast and you articulated all your topics so well. Very happy to have you on the show and hope to see you in May at the Mind Forum when you're there. Absolutely. Thank you so yes. much for having me. I love it. Thanks so much, Sula. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.